0: Donovan has still hit 15 in a row. Let's see if he can get to 16, Spencer. 15 pass completions in a row. This will be his last, and it's been football game. If he can get it off. For the end
1: zone. Tipped, and he caught, caught. it. What's touchdown. Holy Toledo. Toledo. Stephon Johnson hey. does it again.
2: Shipped ahead for Hughes. He's got Brad with him. Hughes to the slot. He scores! Shaq Hughes has his
3: second. And the Devils lead. In this game, Castellanos now with two away. Castellanos, high fly ball. Way back. Goodbye. Sports
2: Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440
3: and the Kevin Carrier Show.
0: we go it's friday time to tear up the old peat patch clicker in a schnell and make a fast break to the midnight hour sol 28 for friday october the 13th as we welcome in our friday co-host eddie Steele, looking dapper eddie i wish we had the cameras on you right now live across uh oilers network the nation network all <laughs> networks because uh eddie's come in and upped his game because you're uh well, you're going to your real job after this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm back on the on the grind, so I had to come in prepared and, you know, as you know from the past and having living in suits, uh, you got to just prepare for success. And it's part of the <laughs> part of the job, man. Yeah, well, what is it if you can't be the best, look the best. Try try to. <laughs> um Hey, Friday the 13th today. Yeah. Is, that spooky? The, is it spooky for you? Or no, like not so much. But uh, there, there is a ton of fun stuff going on in terms of, you know, the old pumpkin patches and mm-hmm. haunted houses and stuff. So I got a big weekend lined up with the kids. Got some surprises for them.
0: Do you do the decorations for Halloween and stuff? Or
1: uh, We don't go crazy. There's some stuff for sure. The fall decor comes mm-hmm. out. And uh, speaking of the kids, again, they, they love to get into the big plastic totes in the basement and just take everything out. <laughs> <laughs> stick it up around the house, even in the summer. Oh, that's outstanding! So, uh, Wednesday night, uh, when the Oilers
0: were uh, not having a great night against Vancouver, I believe it was—I don't know—I think it was two nothing. It might have been three nothing. I get a text. And who do I get a text from? But it's Eddie Steele. Fired up. Fired up. And he's going, what the hell's going on out there? It was the old Vince Lombardi, right? Uh, But, you know, and then I sent you kind of a funny one back. Uh, But you were, like,
1: pretty surprised, I guess, at how things uh, shook down. Uh, in the opener for the Oilers. Well, as of right? most of Oilers Nation, yeah. if not all, very surprised. And we all know, we've heard all the interviews and all the pressers and all the clips from the team and the coaches over the past 24, 48 hours. So we, we know that horse has been beat to death. But yeah. what surprised me, Kevin, is how they just came out and laid, laid an egg effort-wise, you know, in their compete level. Mm-hmm. That's what surprised me the most because in pro sports – that is really one of the only things you have control of. If Forget pro sports in life. That's one of the only things you have control yeah. of is your attitude and your effort. And to see them show up with that type of effort was very disappointing. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people just totally believe it. It was a, a one-off, and
0: we will see a, a much uh, better performance tomorrow night in the rematch. And that is a, a big day in Edmonton sports. It's an 8 o'clock uh, puck drop at uh, Rogers, but at two o'clock at Commonwealth Stadium, the Elks take on Montreal. Now, I know obviously you couldn't do it when you were playing. Maybe you did. Maybe you did go to an Oilers game after you played. Uh, but I think a lot of fans have the ability to do that. Uh, we touched on this last week. Shoot us off a, a text at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Do you plan on maybe partaking in the double dip of Edmonton Yo, sports? Dip. It's a double dip of Edmonton pro sports uh, tomorrow. It would, it's a cool,
1: um, a cool thing to do. It really is, you know, especially location-wise too. You know, both uh, stadiums are fairly close to each other downtown. You can parlay it in, you know, go and grab a beer or a meal in between, and it's actually the perfect afternoon on a Saturday.
0: Yeah, it is, especially you know, it should be pretty decent weather tomorrow in the afternoon. Uh, again, once uh, middle of September, I I'm a firm believer that all the games have to be on Saturday afternoon. Uh, In the CFL, I can't stand the Friday night
1: late games. The late ones when it's crispy and cold out. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Ending at 1130. Yes. Unfortunately, you know, the CFL
0: just doesn't agree with a lot of my philosophies. Um, What did you think? First of all, I mean, the Elks came out with an announcement uh, earlier in the week with um, uh, tarping off. uh, We don't know if they're tarping off, but they're closing off Mm -hmm. the upper deck at uh, Commonwealth to kind of... They say they want to create more of a, an atmosphere
1: on the lower bowl, so they were closing off the upper bowl. Your thoughts. Uh, this is where I'm split. I'm, I'm 60-40 uh, and 60% I'm, I'm for it. I think it's a good idea in terms of stuffing the crowd down into the lower bowl, creating a more uh, a tighter, a more intimate atmosphere. Sight lines are going to be good because you're a little bit closer to the game action. We know Commonwealth, the field is very far from the seats. Uh, but the 40% though is the, the empathy that I have Uh, because I can understand uh, the season ticket holders and the grumblings that Mm -hmm. it's caused because not only are you asking them to change, but from what I've been told, that they're also asking them to increase uh, what they're paying for the cost of the season tickets. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a double whammy. So I, I feel for the season ticket holders, I really do, because I know that's where the bread is buttered in the CFL. The season ticket holders, the gate revenue, that's where the salaries are paid for. So I'm greatly appreciative of that but I do think overall it will be a good change to bring everything a little bit tighter because it's such a darn big mm-hmm. stadium. It it's is. so spread out. Um,
0: is there a way where they could just open up the one section on either side? And I think a lot, there are more people, I would say, on the sunny side. Um, just one section at around the 50-yard line mm-hmm. or maybe two depending on the configuration. Uh, With that, I mean, I, yes, there's security. You have other... Your concessions, I don't think the concessions are a big deal, but maybe it's security. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I I like that idea. I really do at least maybe offer it to them, have uh, one or two sections open right at the 50 or in between the 50s right at center field and see if there's an appetite for that even and then maybe gauge it moving forward if there is some interest. And uh, that is a pretty good idea because I know I've seen on Twitter or on X that Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of long-term season ticket holders, they're not happy and they really like it up top. I've always actually questioned... why people like to sit up there because I like to see the game tight, but people, they really, they get used to it. Their legacy seats. They've been in their family for years and years and that's where they want to be. I just think, yeah, there's a certain group
0: that would love to stay there. Obviously I, I, I totally agree with not letting people go all the way to the top or wherever you want to buy a ticket and things like that. Um, you're still going to have, uh, and let's be honest. I mean,
1: There's no way they would be bringing in this initiative if attendance has not been dwindling. Exactly. And that's ultimately why, you know, we've seen this uh, pretty much across every market except for Winnipeg and Mm -hmm. B.C., where, you know, attendance is really dropping. With that being said, though, and you being a TV guy, you know the TV numbers are strong. So that's that's an okay thing for the league still. Not what you need though.
0: Okay, well then you have to change the philosophy of the league and say we are not a gate driven league. Mm. So then then the the scenario has to be, uh, and you can I will never you can never compare it to the NFL. But the NFL doesn't have to sell one ticket before everything they, is paid for just off a TV contract. I mean we're looking at eleven billion yeah. billion dollars. Uh, and, and they've done it properly where they've split it up. Yeah. You know, between, you know, NBC, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. NBC get is paying like $2 billion. ABC slash ESPN is a couple billion. Fox is a couple billion. Uh, now they're getting into like Prime with mm-hmm, a billion mm-hmm. and things like that. So they don't have to sell one ticket before kickoff on opening day. Everything is paid Everything's for. Everything's paid for. So until, unless. Broadcasters and here's another. I mean, once TSN, once the deal comes up, is it? A, it's a smart thing, in my opinion, to bring Sportsnet in as well. Absolutely. Bring, why? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Give everybody a piece of the pie. It, it's going to have to happen with the NHL. I mean, the NHL got the the massive amount of dollars from Sportsnet, and I think we've got, I think, two years left in the contract. And a couple. A couple. Yeah. Um. So that, in that regard. Um, when that happens, you'll see the NHL has to broaden it out and and go for all the broadcasters again. Something similar. I mean, you look at what, I mean, ABC, ESPN slash does in the States, right? Mm-hmm. So under that's one umbrella. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. Tech line, text line is open, 1833-401-1440. Kevin Karius and the former CFLer and the double ear Eddie Steele, in studio. Um what other you know? And then tomorrow, we forgot to mention tomorrow the uh, Alberta Golden Bears, and we're going to have Chris Morris on at ten twenty today. Yep. Alberta Golden Bears with a massive game tomorrow. Yeah, huge uh, against the Saskatchewan Huskies at Footfield. And again, uh, oh, the games at the same time as the Elks. Yeah, I
1: know. It's just a killer. That, that is a killer because oh, that that is such a massive game for the Bears oh. because the Huskies, man, great program, their strong program. They went deep. They they were in the Vanier Cup, I believe, yeah. last year and lost in the Vanier Cup,
0: four and one. Um, I mean. Bears yeah. are four and one. Yeah, bears are four and one. I yeah. think- Oh, uh, uh, Saskatchewan played. Sorry, I might be off by that. I'll check that in a second. But uh, bears had the bye week last week. Okay. So, I mean, but you you can see the cream of the crop rising in mm-hmm. Canada West between the bears, uh, Saskatchewan and UBC. But uh, just again, so I
1: don't and know Manitoba. how- And Manitoba. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> the, ah, the former Bison comes out, the him. former th- Bison.
1: <laughs> hey, the, the the Bears, they have a great running back. I, I forget his name. Matthew <laughs> Peterson. We yeah. had him on. He's a stud. Oh, we had him on actually
0: just the, right after their bye week. Okay. So he came on on the, it was Tuesday morning, Duke, wasn't it? Or Monday morning? can't. Like was Monday or Tuesday. Oh, let's welcome in the Duke of Delbert. He's just sitting over there waiting for us to say hello. Morning, Duke. Good morning. How was, your, how was your night last night at the CBH?
2: Well, it's always a good time at the CBH. The game was uh, far from the best I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Apparently a defensive, defensive juggernauts, Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos. But turnovers <laughs> yeah. in the red zone, the over was dead before it even had a chance. Uh, but uh, a great time, some, a great crowd as always. Got mm-hmm. a few more people qualified to try and win some tickets to the Super Bowl this year
0: uh Corey just sends in huskies beat ubc last week so thanks for that uh you know what that's 100% on me no homework no prep terrible useless it hopeless
1: it happens sometimes well, just learn from it I, you know what i'm gonna start wearing a suit in here like you and then learn, maybe maybe per- i can just like feel. i said kevin prepare for success <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes uh oh boy can I just say this? No, I don't know. I, gotta, I, I think you got to hook up with this guy sending a text into you right now. His name is Army Daryl. Manitoba Bisons, the program you can get into without passing math. Wow! Oh, come on
1: down to wow, Army Daryl. Come on
0: down to Gate Fifty
1: Five here at West come Edmonton Mall. Come on down so I can give you a hug because you know me too well. That's why I was a bison. <laughs> hey, honestly, the C's get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only
0: one guy wearing a suit in the in the studio, and that and that's Eddie Steele this morning. Um,
1: how how much are you looking forward to our first guest of the day coming up at seven twenty? Elk's head coach Chris Jones. It's to be a fun one uh, man what a cool thing being able to ask him questions after mm-hmm. he was so hard on me made me run all those laps and chewed me out all those years <laughs> time for me to ask him some real hard balls you liked him <laughs> as a coach though. yeah he was my best coach I've ever had really? I'm a Chris Jones soldier uh, very loyal to him uh, the man, he really looked out for me, um, when Edmonton cut me, he was the first guy to call me up and offer me essentially the same contract in Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, he had a ton of success with him, had my best years playing mm-hmm. under him and, uh, four of my nine years, he was my head coach. So I had him for a long run. Well, I might just leave the studio for 20 minutes
0: or so when you talk to him. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, uh, when we talked to Hernan Salas and I said, uh, uh, can we get Chris on with co-host Eddie Steele? Uh, that was the tipping point. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> uh, so uh, 8 o'clock, uh, we'll have Mark Spector uh, from Rogers Sportsnet, Sportsnet for Booster Juice uh, on the mark. We're still working for a guest uh, at 8.20. Uh, Slats, Is we got a guest for 8.20? All right, we'll get on that in a second. Uh, Kate Pedersen, uh, now with the Canucks, rinkside reporter at 9. She was actually here... Uh, with the Oilers two three years ago, then went down to Nashville, and uh, Kate Pedersen will join us at nine o'clock, uh, ten o'clock. Evan Grant from the Dallas Morning News will be our guest. Uh, he, well, I mean, he's got a big week coming up. Uh, Rangers in Houston, the first time that those two teams have ever played uh, each other in uh, the playoffs in Major League Baseball, and what a game last night again, mm-hmm. Phillies. Uh, I mean, Good pitching. Good pitching, good hitting. How about they're yeah. hitting home runs like crazy yeah, now? They and they they, they were pissed off. I mean, Atlanta, you know, they had all this, you know, Harper who, Harper this, and da 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 and and they stuck it down their throat. Tough. That could have been a sweep, too. It, it could have. Yeah. It, tough place to play, Philly. Uh, and then uh, Chris Morris, as we discussed, uh, Golden Bears football head coach uh, at 10.20. When we come back, we will check in with Elks head coach and GM, Chris Jones on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Pigskin Report brought to you by Mr. Lube. Stop in now for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations, MrLube.com. Kevin Carey, along with Eddie Steele, as we welcome in uh, Edmonton Elks head coach and GM, Chris Jones. Coach, good morning. How are you today?
3: Hey, good morning, guys. And I'm just,
0: oh, we're just great. Doing great, Coach, doing great. And Eddie's just been over the moon here. He's just getting ready
3: to talk to you. Good, Coach. How you doing? Good to hear your voice. Yeah, good to to hear yours as well, man.
1: I want to kick this off and just ask you the first question off the top here, kind of steal it from Kevin just since we're going here. We, we know about this season we we know about how it's gone i'm I'm not even gonna go there i I really just want you to give me and the listeners some some positives in your eyes of what has gone on this season what are some positives that you can label out
3: well uh of the guys we took to play last week i mean we had you know you carry forty five guys to play a ball game and we only we only had fourteen people or that have four years or more experience. I mean, so these are – it's a young, young football team. I'm sitting here looking at uh, the 24 roster right now. I've been going through this morning and kind of seeing how things will shape up for, for next year and that type thing. And, you know, you only have a, a few guys that uh, that what I'd call, you know, older veterans. So we're able to grow into this thing. I mean, you've got a lot of young kids. I mean, you got, uh, you know, Marcus Lewis, Donnie Alumba, Bratton, uh, you got Marla Shawn, uh Kai Gray, all those guys are rookies. The whole secondary, essentially, and then you and then you have Ed Ganey and Purifoy. So uh, you have a very young secondary that's that's done some good things. You know, I mean, they've not played perfect certainly, but but they uh, but they've done some good things. They've got good length. Uh, you know, Niles Morgan. You know, when he's healthy, he's mm-hmm. as good as anybody in the league, and he's just now. This is his third year. Um, you know, and so we we've, we've got some some pieces in place, I feel like that uh you know, when they grow into the position and, and then you look at quarterback, I think that's uh, you know, a lot of people, well, you know, Taylor Cornelius and then you know uh Trey, you know they're they're young, they make mistakes. Well, I brought it I brought Zach Claros into the league in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I I remember what Zach looked like when he was when he was a first or second or third year player, you know, and and uh i I really do feel like that uh, you know, Taylor's got a lot of good qualities that quarterbacks, you know, I mean he he's got his strong arm in the league, he runs a four six, four seven and he's six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds, you know. Has he uh you know, has he has he found his niche? No, he hasn't. Um, but at the same time, between he, Trey, Daigie, I feel like they all bring certain things to the table.
0: Elks head coach and GM Chris Jones is our guest on Sports 1440. Kevin Carries, along with uh, Eddie Steele. You touched on uh, Morgan Niles and the health of Morgan. Uh, can you run down uh, what's going to shake down tomorrow as far as players in and out uh, against the Alouettes tomorrow afternoon?
3: Yeah, let me just flip it over here. I mean, you know, Niles, unfortunately, uh, will be out. He, he tore his – he had a little small tear in his hamstring um, a game or so ago. So he'll be out again. Uh, so Jones will be replacing him at my linebacker, And then, uh, unfortunately, Cole Nelson was in a car accident the other day. He got T-Bone out here in town, and he's going to be out. And uh, And then uh, Pelly. Had appendicitis two weeks ago. Had to get surgery. So, unfortunately, both of our nose tackles are are out. And uh, so Arch Pong and, and uh, OC Prime will be back in that nose. And then uh, Jake Serrano will be moving, you know, inside playing some. And Curtis will be inside some. So it'll be uh, some moving parts along the uh, interior part of our defensive line.
0: What have you made of the Jamin Pelly uh, When he's in, he looks like a real force on the interior, on the line. But it's just a matter, is it a matter of just staying healthy for him?
3: Well, he had a really good rookie year last. Uh, you know, last year I thought he had. You know, he did some really, really nice things. This year, unfortunately, he's battled a uh, he had a tear in his calf, and uh, which kept him out for about six weeks. And then, like I say, the last couple of weeks, he's he's been out with this appendicitis thing. And luckily, we caught it. Um, you know, he he came in and and we sent him over to the uh, to the uh, doctors, and he got you know emergency surgery, and uh, but he's, you know, he's going to be fine. And uh, like I say, I mean, he's got a lot of, you know, his upsides is big.
1: Coach, you know me, I'm a defensive lineman, so I want to keep it with the D-line here. <laughs> Just speak to how proud you are, of the growth of AC Leonard, because you and I, we've—I've been in a locker room with him. I've been his teammate going way back in Sask. You've coached him for now six years, I think. Speak to his growth and how proud of you him, um, uh, proud of him you are uh, th- throughout the season. But then also just touch on Jake Sorensen a little bit in the season that he's had, because they've both been really strong keys for you guys.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I want them both to be more physical. So, you know, me, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I Doesn't want surprise them both to be more physical. And, uh, but, uh, you know, AC's a uh, former receiver, and, and um, I, I remember it like it was yesterday when he told me. I was sitting in my house doing personnel, and he called me, and, and I said, well, I'm going to come down and work you out at, at R, you know, the, the position where Manny Arsenault plays, and that's where he had just been playing in B.C., uh i think his number was actually 82 if i remember correctly and so he said coach you know that that i was a tight end but i also you know i was a defensive end in high school i said well i tell you what we'll do we'll flip you over and give you a look and then so we flipped him over and and he did some some really good things and he's just tremendously athletic but i'm proud of him uh you know he's uh he's ac you know, sometimes yeah. he'll get in his, in his feelings a little bit, you know, but he, uh, but he's a tremendous player, and, and when you just let him go, I mean, he's tough when you give him a, a two-way go on a tackle.
1: No doubt about um,
3: it. Jake is as good a athlete as, as there is as far as the big guys in the league. You know, he's a 285, 90-pound guy that uh, they can play at five technique. And, you know, you look at him and you think, well, he's a definite interior guy, but I really do feel like, you know, I mean, the last two years, a lot of his production has come from out at the five technique position, kind of like the guy that plays opposite uh, Willie out there in Winnipeg. You know, he's just a bigger character. And these tackles are used to going against 240s, and when you get a 290 to 300-pound guy, uh, they they struggle a little bit. So he uh, and then I just need to remind Serezna that you know uh, remember what your what your strength is and that's power and go through a guy mm-hmm. to try and run around them. So, but but I'm, I'm proud of both of them. They uh, they've shown up every week and and played hard.
0: Edmonton Elks coach and GM Chris Jones is our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele. You did touch on the one name that I was going to go to next, and that's Manny Arsenal. What has he meant to you and to the organization, to the locker room? Kind of helping a lot of these young guys along.
3: Yeah, well, Manny. Manny's a uh, you know he's a kind of a quiet leader. He doesn't. Uh, now, yeah, I say that, and you get in the conversation, and it might last two hours. But uh, he's not one of those rah-rah guys that's going to come in and do a lot of, you know, look at me type talking. Uh, but but he shows up every single day. He prepares. Uh, you don't play as long as he's played, uh, and not put the work in in the off season and and continue to maintain during the season in the weight room. So he's uh, he's a tremendous worker.
0: Uh, what do you want to see from your team tomorrow afternoon uh, when you kick off with Montreal two o'clock at Commonwealth?
3: Well, I just want to see them compete like hell. You know, I mean, I just want to see us go out there. And, I mean, we owe it to our to our organization, our fans, uh, to to work as absolutely hard as we can uh, these these last two games. And and essentially, uh, out of respect for y'all, I've talked about you know this this past year. I mean. We're we're looking. This is the first week of 24. You know, we're looking at we're gaining two opportunities to go play and evaluate. Uh, they're they're looking at at you know. Uh, I likened it the other day. If you win the division like we did back in 15, well, guess what? You're going to play a home game against a very good football team. Mm-hmm. And then when you're fortunate enough to win that ball game, which is called the championship game. Uh, the Western Division Championship, you go play the Grey Cup. And nine times out of ten, it's somewhere else. It's not in your home building. So, And you go play a very good team. And that's kind of the next two weekends what we have an opportunity to do. Play here at home against in front of our fans, play against a really solid physical playoff team in Montreal, and then turn around and hop on a plane and go play uh, Winnipeg next week. So it's two opportunities to play and get better.
1: Coach, I'm glad that you kind of uh, brought up how your, your mindset's looking to the future here. Uh, and talking about the future, A, what are some positions of importance that you're really going to be focusing on? And B, the past couple off seasons, you went after the, the big fish for the wide receiver pool. Is that something that you're going to try and do again?
3: Well, I mean, we we feel you know like we've got a good receiving core. I mean, Swerve is number one in the league, and after yard, you know, yards after the catch, and uh, you know, he's a he's another great leader. You never hear anything from him. He's very quiet. Uh, he's a lot like AC, you know, but uh, he's a, a tough, physical, small kid, but tough and physical and. And uh, so we feel like we've got a solid receiving core. I don't think you're going to see as much, uh, you know, as much action as what we have the last two years in pre-agency.
0: What are you uh, looking to see in Trey Ford in the next couple of uh, games as well?
3: Well, I mean, Trey, Trey, I mean, if you think about it, and, and a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, all right, this kid probably played 28 or 30 games uh in college football in the cis and then now this is like his ninth start in the cfl and by no means am i giving him a hall pass he needs to go through his progressions and and needs to learn where to go with the football and that type thing and you know and he's done a nice job at times but then there's other times when he misses a read and that maybe forces him to move around, you know, and he can do all the move around stuff as good as anybody that's ever held a football in this league. You know, I mean, you think about all the athletic quarterbacks uh from Flutie to you know, all the guys that we've seen in the past, you know, the Neilon Greens and that type thing. I mean, Trey Ford is as good as any of those guys uh when he's moving around. I mean he ran four four one with a forty inch vertical on pro day. There's not many mm-hmm. of those at any position. And so if we can get him again, I mean just imagine uh Zach Caleros as a as a rookie, you know, he was on PR for that that whole year you know he didn't he didn't play and so Trey Ford you know now I mean essentially this is his rookie year he got to play one game before he got injured last year and um, and so he's going to do nothing but get better And, uh, and again like I say I didn't you know, I, knew I was looking at his brother as a DB, potentially going to take him, but then I went to that pro day over there in Buffalo, and I called J-Jack, and I'm like, man, you need to look at this character. I mean, he can make every throw. He's got a tremendously strong arm, and he's a tremendous athlete. And so it's uh, he's fun to watch. I know that.
1: Coach, I have a little bit of a intimate question for you because uh, this was a tough <laughs> year for you. Uh, and I've been on some bad teams. I've been on a three-win team, which, in fact, you came and took over and brought us to success in the future. Uh, after a bad season, as a player, I have the control that I can go and work harder. I can train differently. I, my nutrition, I can dial it in in order to try and be more successful that next year. Coaches can't play. There's only so much coaches can do. So you as a coach, you as a GM, what can you do to better yourself, to have more success next year, to be a better leader of these men?
3: Yeah, I, I think that So we've got to find that ingredient that we need, that uh, when we need a play in these tight games, that we that we don't make mistakes, and and a little bit of that's, you know, the mental aspect of it, Eddie, you know, I mean, the the mental toughness that uh, it's not necessarily the physical aspect. You look at uh, last week, I mean, we're over there playing, uh, you know, in Toronto, and, you know, you're on the road. uh, It's, you know, they've got everybody playing. And it's a it's a tie game at halftime, but we come out in the second half. We misread the first play of the game, uh, second half. Yeah. Which, if you go back and you look, if he hands the ball off right there on zone read, he's liable to hit his head on the goalpost, you know. And 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 it's just a culmination. Like whether it's we're punting the ball in the middle of the field, which allows us to to uh, them to get an explosion, it's not like they're just physically superior. It's very seldom that they just beat us physically. It's more so we're beating ourselves with, you know, uh, we run the game to one side. We run a four-man pressure to one side. We go uh, pressure zone, and we wrap to the the B-gap, and then we run the very same play the opposite side with the same guy, and we don't wrap to the – we don't wrap to the big gap and the quarterback runs for a 20-yard scramble, you know? And uh, so that's the thing that we've got to get better at. And I think as they grow up, I mean, you remember when you were a rookie or a second-year guy, how you would probably make mistakes as well, uh, but then you would not make those mistakes in your third, fourth, and fifth year, you know? So that's kind of, you know, we we're, we're, we just got to get these these guys grown up.
0: Um, one Serious one here for you, Coach, as well as um, we speak with uh, Edmonton Elks coach and Jim, uh, uh, Chris Jones. So when you made the change uh, at offensive coordinator uh, with Jarius Jackson coming in for Stephen Mackado, it was the same time as you made the change at quarterback as well. If you had a chance, a do-over, and we all know hindsight's twenty-twenty, would you have liked to make that change a couple of weeks earlier?
3: Uh, you know what? I I'm not really gonna answer that. You know, I mean, I'm close to all my coaches. Uh, Steve McAdoo's is about as uh, close to a brother that that I've you know ever been involved with. He's extremely loyal, hardworking. Uh, you know, and and to second guess what you did. I mean, because we we every single week you're looking at you know sixty hours of video on these people and putting the work in, and and again you make decisions based off of timing and you know uh, yeah. I mean, I I would like us to stick that ball in at the one yard line mm-hmm. first game of the year, and it might be a completely different year. Absolutely, you know uh, that one that one play can can make a difference and. You know, uh, we make that play right there, just just looking at one play. So mm-hmm. hindsight, you know, I wished I would have had Elephant in our new personnel grouping that we put in after the fact. You know, if had I had Elephant in, uh, we we could have probably scored right there. And so we, uh, you know, I, I put a lot of it on myself, and it's my job to to get the team ready to play. And um, yeah, like you said, we don't we don't make tackles, we don't make blocks or catches or that type thing. But it's our job. As coaches, to get them ready to play.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your answer. I uh, just had to ask the question. Coach, you know what I, you
1: needed I totally, to
3: score. I, I totally get it. You know,
1: you know what you needed to score on those, uh, the when you got stopped those three times. You needed an Eddie Steele at right guard, <laughs> <laughs> two hundred and eighty pounds. I tried to tell
3: you, hey, you might still be playing if you uh, had moved. The, guard <laughs> like we, the conversation that we had, so. uh,
1: Coach. You know, I could never give up that athleticism. <laughs> it's a different mentality. Oh,
3: <laughs> uh, I hey. understand it. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, Chris, did you know? On
0: Wednesday night, uh, we were at a, a fundraising event uh, for KidSport, and you had a couple players there. Gino Lewis was there, and so was uh, Aaron Grimes, and they went in a, a. It was called Pizza Pig Out. I'm not sure if you kind of if the news trickled down to you, but the the two of them, Gino and Aaron, were in the um, the pizza eating contest. So uh, yeah,
3: I saw I saw that.
0: Yeah. So I know, like Aaron's uh, been on on the shelf here with an injury, but I know Gino's got to play. You know, you're not concerned that it, you know, that he wolfed down all his uh, pizza and he's going to be just a a little a step slower on Saturday, are you?
3: Well, he uh, he's he's an awful good player. We can just instead of throwing a go go ball, we'll just throw a throw behind if he's not running very well. We'll, just throw, we'll throw back shoulder fade doing. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, Eddie, you got one more for Coach or you want to... No, this has it's been good. awesome, Coach. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure uh, getting to ask you some questions and to finally uh, be on the other side instead of you always talking to me.
3: <laughs> exactly man well it's a pleasure you know guys having me on and you know i just want to say you know our, our fans you know and i it sounds like a broken record and i know that that they're uh they're impatient but you know the the thing about it is it, regardless of where we go across the league you know we see as many fans here at our place even being in our situation and and it doesn't go unnoticed by our players our coaches our organization and we just uh we just really appreciate the fans, you know, continued and continuing to support the organization, and so we're gonna keep working and grinding because that's all we know how to do.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck tomorrow against Montreal, Chris.
3: Thank y'all so much. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah, care, you coach. too. Uh, that's uh, Edmonton Elks coach and GM Chris Jones for the Pigskin Report. Brought to you by Mister Lube. Be winter ready at Mister dot I thought you be going to be a lot tougher on him talking about maybe you getting
1: on that right side on the, and, uh, on the jumbo package. <laughs> That's exactly where I used to play, the right side tight end. And uh, A.C. Leonard, he's got yeah. a couple of touchdowns this year, or a couple of big catches yeah. and a touchdown for sure. And uh, that was my play. That was my when I saw him get it, the touchdown. I thought, oh, they used to have that for me. I used to practice that. Um, you know, you always you don't hear it as much. Um,
0: and maybe i I you obviously know the rules between the two leagues way better. When 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 they put that jumbo package in the NFL, you always hear the official. They the, over the loudspeaker number whatever reporting reporting in yep. and is receiver eligible. Yep, have to. Kate, okay. we just don't hear that in the CFL, No, you don't,
1: and uh, yeah, you have to report in uh, yeah. as an eligible, and uh, if you don't, you get a flag, and mm-hmm. I I would try and do it really sneakily, yeah. so when you report in, you kind of gotta, like over your numbers, you like brush down your chest, kind of, and say, reporting my numbers, kind of flashing your numbers, and then uh, you try and do it real quietly when you're in the offensive huddle to the ref, so that way the defense yeah. doesn't know, And hey, hey, 97's eligible, watch out for him to release, and then that way you can sneakily get out there
0: so my question is I guess in the CFL the the capabilities aren't there as much as the NFL where they want you know they're giving the defense they're letting the defense know in the NFL what's going on
1: well the ref is responsible to say something like 9-7 reported eligible but you know you just try and do everything a little more low-key you just don't want to bring attention as much attention to yourself especially if you know it is a pass play called because you want to be super sneaky to maybe get out there free how many uh, big plays did you have at that lined up there? None. none, <laughs> none. They threw it to me once. Mike Riley, Mike Riley threw it to me once uh, because he was scrambling and he just kind of chucked it up. And I went to go and jump up to catch it. There was a defensive back on me and uh, I landed on my knee and kind of hurt my knee too. So I was double whammy mad because I'm like, man, tweak my knee for this. Um, Were a lot of the
0: plays designed for blocking then? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And they definitely knew where the bread was buttered in terms of (laughs) following the strong blocks. Yes. Uh, How many plays? None.
0: Uh, (laughs) We're back with Eddie Steele on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Kevin carries along with our Friday co-host Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. The Duke of Delburn gets his daily fix of Brian Adams. Haven't heard of any uh, stones yet for Eddie. What's up? What's going on? It's
2: coming. Don't you worry about it. uh...
0: Can we get finally that sound effect? Can you work on that during this a little bit here to get, you know, look at the Duke.
2: Uh, yeah, we get that. So I can, just so I can Eddie probably can hear, get that cute. Just get here, it, yeah. you know,
0: just so we can <laughs> before, have it ready. Before
2: Eddie's out of here. Please. Have you heard it, Eddie? No, not okay. yet, not no, yet.
0: And I, I, don't know if I can, there's a video of this golfer and, uh, well, quick sidebar too. I'm walking down the street the other day and this guy comes up to me. I can't remember his name. He lives in the neighborhood and he says, uh, Hey, who's this Duke guy on in the morning with you? And I said, well, that's the Duke of Delburn. And he goes, that's no Duke. And I said, what do you mean? And he brings his phone out and he shows me this picture of this dog that's about 250 pounds. He goes, this is the Duke, that's he says. That's the real Duke. This is the Duke. <laughs> um, text coming in to one North side norm. Shame the Elks are moving the upper deck season seats to the lower bowl. We understand the reasoning, but those seats... We're in our family for three generations, and my sister was looking forward to passing on to the fourth north side norm. Well, I'm sure that can probably happen down the road. Attendance has to increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the number one factor here. Let's, you know, let's call a spade a shovel. And that's exactly what has to happen. But yeah. again, I think we're po-
1: probably, you and I are in the same I'd rather have a section open just right at the 50-yard line. Yep, for sure. It, it, the fact is, though, it's still, you know, like Northside Norm just said, mm-hmm. those seats have been in the family for years. So regardless, even if you do have a section opened up between the 50s, for example, people are going to have to move and change their seats. Sure, yeah. they are still in the upper deck, but the fact that you're going to have to move um, I don't know pricing. I'm not going to go down mm-hmm. that road, but I think that's where people really get sour. Well, the other thing, too, is those are the prime seats. If you're in the upper deck right below under the
0: canopy, uh, that's tough to get in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, those seats, that's where everyone wants to be because if it rains, you're not getting rained on, and mm-hmm. things like yeah, that. The coverage. You've got the coverage, and you're right at the 50-yard line. So, uh, Texture, uh, just to clarify, Corey, the Huskies beat UBC Two weeks ago, technically, all teams were on a bye last week, so hence the confusion. Yeah. So technically, you know, You're someone, good. someone was okay here. You're good. Uh, Corey wants to know, here's this one. Uh, well, the Duke, you can be on this one. Uh, once you see Corey's thing, I'll, I'll read the King of Fort Nasty first, uh, and then we'll bring in the Duke to talk about Corey's text. Uh, good morning, KK, Duke, and Eddie. I settled down last night to watch what I was sure to be a Broncos stomping by BC, uh, by KC. Even a disgruntled fan like me has to admit Denver had flashes of decent football in that game and someone held their own against a deadly Mahomes-Kelsey swift trio.
1: <laughs> I will say this. Denver's defense played well. Uh, They did have some flashes. Denver's team as a whole did not have flashes at all. Their offense was absolutely disgusting. Yep. Disgusting. Russell Wilson had, what, 30 yards maybe in the first half. Their pass game looked so out of sync. I don't think I've seen something like that in a long time. And they're lucky that it was a game. Credit Denver's defense. They played their asses off, especially
0: on third down Mm -hmm. in so many critical situations that game could have been easily easily 35 nothing
1: and you nailed that they buckled down on yeah. the important downs because Kelsey was going all over the field on them pretty much for the whole game all right Duke are you ready to touch base with Corey here on his
2: uh I am list? yeah it's actually was the opening uh opening clip on the intro for the show okay. this morning was uh this last second so if you missed it yesterday Houston West Virginia little Thursday night college football action from down in the NCAA and uh, Houston scoring a touchdown to retake the lead very late in the game and then, or pardon me, West Virginia scoring very late in the game and then Houston throwing a uh, Hail Mary with four seconds left. A tip ball right at the goal line lands in the receiver's arms for uh, Houston to come away with the win and Corey saying he had, uh, he was on West Virginia at minus four, and looking for a nice little payday out of it, but uh, a tough beat for Corey as uh, it was an exciting finish. Even just go watch the last thirty seconds of the game on YouTube; it's uh, it's worth a worth a gander for sure.
0: Man, the Duke, you got more irons in the betting fire than anyone I know. <laughs> He's spread now. If only we could get the fantasy curling going.
1: I I just want one of my <laughs> 11 leg parlays to hit.
2: <laughs> well, that don't we all Eddie, right? That's so all, that's all, it's, and the problem is if you if you come close, well, you know, hit 9, 10 legs, then you think you're right there, so you come back the next weekend yeah. and try it again. And and my biggest issue is over the past couple of summers betting baseball in the dog days of the summer, there's nothing else on, whatever. I have hit like a couple 11, 12-game MLB parlays, and so then I think that I can do it again, but it is a pipe dream. Like schedule mm-hmm. maybe one a year, and hopefully that's enough that that can then fund – my, uh, the rest <laughs> of my gambling for the next calendar year.
1: I've been swimming upstream.
0: <laughs> uh, the Duke coming through again. So, uh, we touched on it off, uh, the top a little bit, and I had this idea about 15 years ago for the Elks and I passed it by you and you went, yes. So to our listeners, to the Elks, um, I had this, and I, I think I talked about it with Terry Jones about 15 years ago, go to one of the high schools in town that has the best music department. It could be Jasper Place. Hire the guy there or the the person there that's in charge of the music department. Get five music students that want to be in the Edmonton Elks marching band or whatever you want to do uh, from every high school in town. Add them up to whatever, 300 and... 300 kids. Let's just use 300 as a number. They're in the one part of the end zone, call it the north end zone, wherever you want, figure out where they're going to sit. Mm-hmm. Got to give them, duke them a couple tickets uh, for their efforts uh, for every game, couple season tickets, which is fine. This band uh, represents the team. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing saying bad about what they have with the 10-12 marching band, like the, you know, the little jazz kind the of drum thing. drum line. And drum, that's what the Oilers have too. Yeah. But get... All, you know, I'm we're talking the big drums. We're talking the trombones. We're talking everything. Five kids from every school in town. Get them all together. Put them in the end zone. They play in between
1: whistles. They play at halftime. They play between quarters. I mean. Get the whole gamut out there. I I agree it I think that would be very good for entertainment. You're hitting a couple of heads here. You're you're getting the local aspect of it especially if you're getting some of the the best talent out there mm-hmm. for the, on the for the young kids in the high school scene uh for music. Uh, and then you're. It's for me. I really think it's a really good thing for just the vibe, the atmosphere, stadium music. It's cool, you know, to have a stadium DJ and all that. But something about the the marching band uh, that I think people really do enjoy. Uh, now, sometimes marching bands can get a little carried away, and it can be a little too much. So it's got to be a yeah. fine line. But I, I do think that's a really good idea, Kev. Would you like to see something like that? One eight three
0: three. Four zero one fourteen forty. The other thing too is, what do you hear from? Uh, first of all, all the kids go. Well, I want to have an atmosphere. Well, what what is the what's the greatest atmosphere almost in in sports right now when you in in the United States a college football game, mm-hmm. college basketball game. I mean, they have these bands at college hockey games. Yeah, they have the school band. With yeah. 300 members, it's pretty incredible, and it is. And I mean, then what do they do? They, you know, they all get together in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and they go march down the street. You know, yep. and I'm not saying to get to that extreme, but I think that this would just be a tremendous uh, um, opportunity. When you see. Uh, fans that are anyway, let's go. Well, I'm, I don't, I get sick of it. Fifty, sixty, seventy years old that are elk season ticket holders and go. I can't stand them blaring the music in between whistles, blah blah blah. Well, you're not going to say that about a, um, a band sitting in the end zone playing Louie Louie and you know all the great songs where the bands come up with.
1: You know, and the nice thing too about the bands because you know you talk about. You know, 50, 60, 70 years old and people thinking ah, I don't want to be hearing this music. Well on the flip side you get maybe some of the younger people there who maybe are used to hearing the rap music and stuff like that and they want to hear it but these bands they play, they it. can play it yes. and it sounds almost even better because they can come up with their own style, their own funk and it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome what they can do.
0: Yeah and again community involvement It gets all the high schools involved. Now if you're Let's just say you're in grade 11, and someone says, "Hey, would you like to go to an Elks game?" You're gonna, the grade 11 students going, "No, I'm not going to an Elks game. You know, mm-hmm. I'd sooner have ringworm." <laughs> now, like, but you know what? I got a couple buddies that are, and
1: you know, right. Whatever, they're playing in the band. I'm yeah. going to go watch them and just kind of support my friends in the band. And then you know what else you're doing? You are. You're getting into the high school scene, or you're yes. getting into whatever scene it may be. Your colors are now maybe showing up in the school, and you're you're just invading those different areas, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. You want more more boots on the ground
0: Let's make it happen, Eddie when you take over the president's job. <laughs> For the Edmonton Elks. We haven't gone down that path for a while. It's been quiet. It's yeah, been It's been quiet. Hey, that's a good thing, I think. Okay, <laughs> uh, Text uh, comes in. Uh, uh, hey, guys, love the show. I was not Eskimo season seat holder in the upper deck. The sight lines and the overall view of the field was what we liked. I have sat down lower, and you end up watching the screen more than the game. Upper level was great to watch a
1: game. Thanks, guys. From the Berg. That's, that's another point. Yeah, I, and I've seen people say that, that the the viewing is good. I, I've seen games from high. Um, I've seen games from low. I personally would rather be closer to the action, maybe because I have a, 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 a deeper depth of knowledge uh, as to what's going on, what how the play is unfolding. Maybe that's why I don't need to see the overall play because I can mm-hmm. really get a sense of things just by how they're lining up. So I really like to be closer because I can see some more intimate things that I wouldn't be able to see typically up high. And I've, I've experienced both, but hey, to each their own. Yep, uh, good talking points. We'll touch uh, on that uh, a little bit
0: later in the show as well. Uh, At the top of the hour, we will check in with uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet for Booster Juice. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round, Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays, and you can win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.